Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 22, Part 3 of the FHWA Claris Initiative webcast. I'm Dwayne Collett. On June 25th of 2007, the FHWA hosted a webcast on the Claris Initiative. The FHWA granted the Winter Maintenance Podcast permission to make the webcast proceedings available. So you can listen to these presentations on your MP3 player or iPod while you commute to and from work. The webcast audio has been divided into five parts. A link to the PowerPoint slides used in the webcast can be found in the episode notes. Part 3 contains a description of the Connection Incentive Program, or CIP, which is Phase 2 of the Regional Demonstrations. to the next one, and uh, just wanted to mention that um, got a note from Paul Kernan, who is part of the Iowa team, that uh, they have received three RFPs uh, to date uh, as part of the um, their request for proposals to support the um, phase one of the regional demonstration. So they're clearly moving forward on getting uh, their um, their team together too. All right, so let me uh, now jump into, actually, we're going to jump into, into the second phase of the regional demonstration, but before I do that, I just wanted to summarize again that um, we are very excited with these three teams. Uh, we think that uh, we, we're looking forward to the concept of operations that, that come out of the three. Um, the, um, you, as you just heard, they're, they're already hot and heavy in the ideas of where they want to go with this and, and getting their uh, people on board, and I think that um, we're, we, we have very high expectations uh, for what we see out of that, and uh, timing should be good that, that they'll be well along in, in what the, uh, their work consists of come time of the, uh, the next in-person meeting, so I'm sure you'll be hearing more about it at that time. The only thing I wanted to say as well from our side was um, just that we were a bit frustrated on how long it took us on the federal highway side to get these awarded. Uh, our intent, as you, I'm sure you heard back in um, last uh, last year, was that we thought we were going to have these awarded by the, around the beginning of the year, and it took us several months to make that happen. Um, uh, all I can say is that's just because the wheels of progress turn slowly here in Washington. Um, so let me now move forward um, on to the second phase of the regional demonstration. For those of you, again, who are participating uh, in our meetings prior to this webcast, may remember uh, something called the RFEOI, which was the Request for Expressions of Interest, which is what the, that was the former name of the Connection Incentive Program. Uh, we have since renamed it because we have revised uh, the approach to this part of the regional demonstration, and we thought think that the uh, Connection Incentive Program is a uh, more appropriate term and makes, I think, well, RFEOI did not have a whole lot of uh, resonance with uh, our audience. Not Well, anyway, on the assumption that Connection Incentive Program does. But in any case, let me move forward on this, because um, this is something that's just coming out now, and we're really excited about it, so I want to make sure I have enough time and give you the appropriate detail on it. First of all, this is um, 
a streamlined funding process via federal grants that we will be providing to public agencies to connect to the system. And the, the intent is to provide assistance to all eligible U.S. public agencies through state DOTs. Uh, because we're going to, they're federal grants and we're going to be using the federal aid process, we uh, have to go through the state DOTs uh, since that's who Federal Highway has our arrangements with. But uh, our hope and expectation is that other public agencies such as cities and other municipalities will be able to participate through uh, the state DOTs. The idea here is, is that the funds will be used to help offset costs for connecting to the Claris system, and it will also include web-based training on Claris interfaces and metadata. And I, I've got a number of slides that will get uh, provide more detail what what all of that means. Um, and just to say right up front that the amount of funding is going to be dependent on the number of operational environmental sensor stations within any given jurisdiction. So the, I've got a number of slides here, and just in the, in these are the five categories that I'll be speaking about with respect to this program. First is eligibility. Second is the application process. Third is funding level, then funding uses and funding restrictions. First of all, funding eligibility. As I said earlier, this is open to U.S. public. Um, that includes state and local DOTs uh, through the federal aid program. Uh, in order to be eligible, a DOT must have deployed at least one or more sensor stations and establish a network to collect the observations. Uh, at least one sensor must be operational uh, and is providing observations to a collection server uh, that resides within the state or within the jurisdiction. Uh, this is and when I'm talking about the ones here. I mean, that, that's the minimum. We'd certainly hope and expect that within any given jurisdiction, there's going to be more than one. Uh, and that the DOT then must allow these observations to be accessed by Claris, uh, either through a push or pull type of connection and then disseminated via the Claris system. Uh, eligibility also means that um, the agency will agree to collect and organize the necessary metadata to allow for the quality checking to occur and agree to the distribution of the ESS data. Uh, some special provisions uh, in terms of eligibility, first of all, those states that are part of the, uh, that were part of the proof of concept or are part of the phase one of the regional demonstrations are eligible. Um, group, any group of states can team together to combine their award and, uh, and so that can ease the application process. Uh, in other words, um, Arizona and New Mexico could join up and we could uh, provide funding to Arizona to allow for connecting of both of those states into the system. Uh, and then funding to local or municipal DOTs, again, must be done through some sort of range with the state DOT given the funding approach that we're using. That uh, talks to the eligibility side of it. Um, the application process, each, each transportation agency or team representative agency will be required to complete an application which includes a technical plan that affirms eligibility requirements, uh, such as having a network in place, uh, and a financial plan which will include a 20% uh, minimum match requirement. Uh, we're going to be sending out an announcement via email to uh, the, those public agencies that are part of the CLOS Initiative Coordinating Committee 
Um, but the, the, the announcement will also be posted on the clarisinitiative.org website for anybody to, to see. And um, that, that announcement it provides the instructions on, on how to apply. The uh, thing I would say this cl- most closely resembles are the um, 511 grants or the Amber Alert grants that Federal Highway Office of Operations uh, has provided to the states. Uh, in previous years, that uh, might give you some sense of what we're talking about here. In terms of funding levels and, and the amount of funds available, um, for those states that are involved with a proof of concept or a regional demonstration, the um, fixed amount is $10,000. But for all of the other eligible DOTs, funding is on a sliding scale based on the number of operational sensor stations. And this table captures what those uh, that the funding looks like. So for those states that have somewhere between 1 to 25 sensor stations, uh, we are budgeting about uh, 3000 we're budgeting not about, but $3,000 to um, collect the necessary metadata, about another $500 uh, at, um, or for, to get, collect the climate metadata, another $2,000 for equipment, and Four thousand five hundred for software, or maybe some hardware as well, for a total then um, of ten thousand uh, dollars. As more stations go up, that obviously means there's going to be more um, travel and, and and effort required to collect the necessary metadata. Uh, so that's that's the primary number that that increases. And so you can see then on the right hand side of that column what the the funding uh, maximum funding amounts will be. That's the federal side, so um, the total amount of the grant will be um, this plus the 20% match. Okay. Um, oh, and, and Bruce had asked uh, if the grant application will be coming out in the Federal Register. Now, uh, no, we do not intend to post this on the Federal Register, given that the, the um, working relationship we have with the state DOTs through the um, Initiative Coordinating Committee, uh, we decided not to post it in the Federal Register. Um, funding uses. Okay, so what can the money be used for? Uh, the money can be used to cover travel-related costs to reach the sensor sites to collect the metadata and any other costs associated with collecting that metadata. Uh, the Any costs to modify the servers to conform to the Claris interface, um, so that's not to buy a server, but if there's any minor modification need to be made to enable it to connect, uh, that's, a, that's allowable. Um, costs to compile the climate metadata are covered, as well as the equipment. And here's the type of equipment we, we envision uh, using these funds for. Um, things like a digital camera to collect digital images uh, of the um, sensor site uh, or um, a GPS unit to be able to go out and get um, the lat long and other other location information that's needed for each of the sites. So those are the types of things we talk about. We let's see. In terms of restrictions, then um, since the funding is to be used to facilitate the connection to the system, we don't expect it to be used to. Will not allow it to be used to purchase sensors. Uh, these are only for existing networks that are already in place. Um, 
and um, we expect then the financial plan that's included as part of the um, application process to list the expenses, and then once that plan is approved, um, as with other standard federal aid processes, anything above $5,000 must be then any changes over 5000 must be presented to Federal Highway for approval. So um, why should a state want to do this? What's the incentive here? And the incentive is because we've, we've got uh, the system up and running and it, and it has the opportunity to provide a, a great resource back to the state DOTs. And, and we think as I go through these next four slides that show what the CLARA system looks like, that this will be uh, incentive enough for, for states to want to participate. What you see here is the front screen of the Claris web portal uh, that Mixon Hill has developed, and um, this is the uh, the resource then that goes to the state DOTs so they can can keep their fingers on the pulse of their network and keep up with how well their their network is running and and uh, help them uh, better manage their system. Uh, once they, the state, uh, the user goes in, they can then get to, uh, in this case, looking at the, at the statewide view of Minnesota, they can get a quick view of what the, the network health looks like. And then by going in and clicking on any one of their sensor sites, they can get a quick look at uh, what the quality checking algorithms, which, which, uh, which, quality checking services are being run and what the results of those services include. So um, if you bring up this, this screen as shown here, you can see immediately that uh, the, for the most part everything is looking really good. There's a couple of um, tests, particularly the barn spatial test that, that's not working for these sensors and, and that, that can give you a sense of what, how, how your the data is coming off of your uh, off of your sensor station network. Um, the service also has uh, the opportunity to do queries and and, and subscriptions, uh, which allows the uh, the user then to, to get in specifically looking look at at uh, any given site to to uh, keep track of what's going on over a period of time. Um, very quickly, right there. I'm actually going to ask Andy if he would like to add any other comments to, um, to what I just described in terms of what the CLARE system looks like and what type of service would then be provided to those states who participate in this incentive program. Sure. Uh, slide 54 shows uh, actually two parts. It shows uh, the the query uh, output. So basically what a state is able to do is they're able to use their web browser and they're able to go ahead and they're able to uh, put in a request in order to look at all of the information associated with different parameters such as uh, atmospheric pressure, air temperature, wind speed and direction, things like that. So if you happen to be looking at the actual two-dimensional uh, map and see that a site is uh, failing tests, then you'll be able to come to uh, this kind of a portal output and you'll be able to see the raw data and then make further determination about whether or not uh, you need to send uh, maintenance folks out there or whether you need to coordinate with the uh, Claris system administrator and potentially put a flag on a, a sensor indicating that uh, it's not operating properly. The other thing that is really very interesting with the Claris system is the subscription service. Let's say that you're a private sector um, 
corporation and you want to uh, try to get a collective for the entire country every 20 minutes, what you can do is you can provide a subscription, which of course is free, uh, to the Claris system. And what they will do is they will go ahead and, and put a collective of the observations and sensors that you're interested in into a hidden directory which your systems will be able to go and pull off in this particular case every 20 minutes. So it's very flexible and it allows you to um, uh, put in start times and end times and different output formats, whether it's in the comma delimited format that you see on the screen or in XML. Okay, great. Okay, thanks. Uh, okay, so in summary, uh, for the Connection Incentive Program, funding uh, is available to state DOTs for metadata collection and connection to the Claris system, uh, and that uh, in doing so, you agree to let the uh, sensor station data to be distributed. So um, any any state can look at another state's data. So if you want to see what is uh, if if that if you're in Nebraska and you want to see what's happening in Colorado, if Colorado is connected, you can get in and see what Colorado's data look like, looks like uh, to help you uh, be aware of what might be coming your way. Um, and that as well, the, the expectation is that private sector providers will be able to get to that data as well to, to develop uh, value-added products. Uh, funding level, again, is based on the number of uh, operational environmental sensor stations within a um, given state. Um, we are we're going to be posting this announcement next uh, next month, hopefully by the first or second of July. Um, and the application process will be via email. You can send in send in the application to me, and um, that the application will be reviewed on first come first serve. Which is not to say that there is any competition, um, but that. Um, we do have you know, funds available, and that um, the then we'll 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 deal with those we get first in terms of setting the funding up and through the uh, through the federal aid program, and um, so that that's just going to define priorities for us. Uh, period of performance is uh, nine months, and let's see, I'm seeing there's a couple of uh, questions. Um, We, so we, we, we expected the state to take about nine months to do this. Um, while there is no specific deadline, we, I mean, the, the, there is going to be the um, challenges that weather face, uh, that weather brings up in terms of being able to go out and collect metadata, but we do want to get these uh, connected as soon as possible. Um, let's see. Question about, let's see. Okay, we're getting some. I'm getting some personal comments about uh, the concerns about being able to share data, and I know that is going to be um, something that we're going to have to deal with on a state-by-state -state basis in terms of making the data available. But um, we know that that. And looking at how states provide it on state DOT uh, websites, we know that there that, that there are solutions out there to find ways to get around the data restrictions. But uh, that's obviously going to be we're going to work that out on a state by state basis. Um, okay, I think 
I'm going to go ahead and move forward on to the next slide, and we'll come back to questions at the end if, as, as we need to. Our thanks to the FHWA for permitting us to bring this webcast to you. If you would like to contact any of the speakers, use the Contact Me button or leave me a message at 206-309-0845 and I will forward your message to them. Thanks for listening and so long for now.